Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you happen to be listening to this, the latest episode of The Curated Culture, I am your gracious humble host rob aka robbie diesel and i want to thank you guys for pressing play or downloading or streaming this latest episode of the curated culture we are back to business or business as i always so lovingly refer to it as um if you're listening to this um when it drops you're probably hearing it on a Monday, which is, of course, when we drop new episodes. Um, bear with me. I'm, sh- I'm struggling to adjust my microphone here since I'm seated in the office and I'm trying to do this as comfortably as possible without moving my seat. There we go. Okay, that's a little bit better. So, yeah, you're listening to this on a Monday, most likely. Um, I hope that your Monday so far is going fantastic, whether it be the start of it or the end of it, or if you're smack dab in the middle of it, I appreciate you for taking the time out to listen to this. And, um, let's see, man, there's a lot going on right now. Um, if you're following me over on the socials, you know, I've been highly active over there because it is football season. And I am a football fan through and through. And I had a really stellar week this week because my team, my hometown team, the Detroit Football Lions, knocked off the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. That's a big deal in this area. <laughs> Like, if you've been a Detroit Lions fan for as long as I have, or longer than I have, or even half as long as I have, you've been subjected to some pretty traumatic losses at the beginning of the season, in the middle of the season, and at the end of the season. Like, Detroit has not been known for being this stellar, stalwart, winning team. And to be clear, we still aren't just yet. But those building blocks, that foundation has been laid finally to where my hometown Detroit football Lions are actually looking like a legitimately good football team. Now, I've made it my own personal policy to not get too overly excited, to not get too crazy about this, because this is but week one of 18 weeks of football. So we still got a long way to go before we can 100% confirm as to whether or not the Detroit football Lions are a great Or even good team. But for right now, I just want to bask in the glory of a victory against a team that is a bona fide good team. Now, 
there was a, a sports uh, a sports announcer, Mike Tirico, that mentioned that the Detroit Lions win over the Kansas City Chiefs should have an asterisk next to it. And he hasn't fully expounded on why he thinks that asterisk belongs there. But I would like to think it is because the Kansas City Chiefs were without their top defensive player who is holding out amidst a um, contract dispute. He's in the middle of contract renegotiations. They were without their starting tight end, Travis Kelsey, who is a superstar and a game changer. I will I will not deny that at all. But to say that this victory deserves an asterisk next to it, I feel like is a little bit of a slap in the face because they still had their superstar quarterback. They still had 90% of their other defensive players on the field. And to say that one defensive player makes all the difference, despite the fact that there were several defensive miscues on the part of the Detroit Lions. There were several offensive miscues on the part of the Detroit Lions that could have very easily flipped the game in Kansas City's favor, and no one is mentioning that. So to say that the Lions' victory deserves an asterisk to it, I feel like completely negates all the progress that was made and is not a fair assessment of that win, considering also the fact that the Detroit football Lions were down by as many as 14 points at one point in this game. So to you, Mr. Mike Tirico, I know you have a job to do. And part of that job is to create headlines and buzz around what you say. And you have certainly done that. But I think this one needs to be reevaluated for sure. I don't know that this one is an asterisk victory. This was not a game that was won on the heels of a sketchy call. Which, if you want to talk about sketchy calls, there was probably about 13 or 14 missed false starts. And just as many um, illegal formation calls that were not called against the uh, the lineman from the Chiefs. I think it's Juwan Thomas. I think that's his name. Look it up. Number 73, I believe. Um, there were several missed calls. So I say we forget this whole asterisk thing. I say we move on past this whole asterisk comment. And we just simply enjoy this victory. Celebrate the Lions. They've lost enough. We don't need to have a, a, a win that is of this this big a caliber to be tainted by one sportcaster's opinion. That because a team was missing a few players that this is not a legitimate victory as if they did not go out and play the very best game that they could have played against the Chiefs. I think, sir... I think you should take that back. (laughs) I think you should take it back. Recant your statement. Run a correction. In the meantime, before we get into the actual meat and potatoes of this show, I want to let y'all know about all the wonderful, fantastic ways that you can follow me um, and the brand as well. So, of course, you know, by now you can follow us on X, on Facebook, on Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, the whole shot, 
via at Robbie Diesel virtually everywhere. Uh, Facebook and Instagram is at the curated culture. And then on X, it is at underscore curated culture. I have not decided as to whether or not I'm going to make a page for the curated culture on threads just yet, because I rarely use my own personal page there. But you can still find me on threads as well at Robbie Diesel. Make sure you're following us over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Robbie Diesel, youtube.com slash Robbie Diesel. Jump on over to the site thecuratedculture.com. There's lots of good stuff there. Um, and uh, yeah, man, thank you. Thank you so very much for uh, choosing to rock with us. Uh, again, if you're hearing the sound of my velvety, smooth voice, then that means you're using some sort of podcast service to do so. So I invite you, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Google, Samsung, Amazon, Pocket Cast, however you get your podcast delivered, do your boy a favor, jump on over and hit subscribe to this podcast. And in the process, make sure you leave us a five-star rating or review. That helps us out, gets us in front of more eyes and into more ears, jumps us ahead in the algorithm so that we can further our plans for world audio domination. You know you want to. So without further ado, I think we should get into the uh, main topics of the show, shall we? Yeah, I think so. So back to school time is upon us. Actually, we are about two weeks into the return to back to school for most of us, at least. And uh, I know I'm doing this a little bit late, but it's never too late to upgrade your kids or your college students back to school tech. And while I'm not going to tell you that you need to run out and buy them the latest iPhone or buy them the latest Galaxy or Pixel device, that conversation comes later. I do want to mention a few really awesome Um, pieces of tech that you should at the very least look into for your kids uh, to make sure that they are entertained, to make sure that their equipment is protected, and of course, to make sure that you don't have to spend more money in the future. Now, this is not one of those, you know, specific name brand, this item, that item sort of things. No, no. No, I'm not going to tell you to go out and buy very specific things. I'm just going to mention some tech generally that you would want to consider getting your kid or your college student uh, for their journey into back to school or for the remainder of the school year. So I'll start with item number one. One thing that should definitely be upgraded is their backpack. Now, I know a lot of times. The backpack, the book bag is a little bit of an afterthought, right? Yeah, you want them to be able to carry their books around and writing utensils and things like that. But what's in a book bag? Lots of things. Their tech usually goes in there. Their phones usually go in there. And as such, I strongly recommend upgrading. And you can get some. Uh, especially if you shop on Amazon, you can get some of these book, uh, book bags for as little as 30 bucks. But I would strongly suggest upgrading to a book bag that has a separate tech compartment, something that is dedicated for them to slip their smaller tech items in 
their AirPods or Galaxy Buds or Pixel Buds, um, smart watches, and even their cell phones. Um, get them a book bag that has a separate tech pouch so they're not cramming it into the same exact spaces that their books and folders and everything else goes into. And in addition to that smaller tech pouch, you probably want to look into a book bag that actually has a larger tech pouch as well, something that they can stick their Chromebooks into. Now, I don't know about the rest of the country, but I'm here in Michigan, and my son, my daughters, have gone to schools that generally provide them with Chromebooks for their own personal use, Um, not specifically personal use, but to do schoolwork from home and homework from home and things like that. And they have like this big old school leather bound, looks like a Bible case (laughs) for the Chromebook. Um, But I myself like to make sure that um, that they have just, again, a dedicated pouch for that small little laptop that separates it from the rest of the things that just gets crammed in their backpack. It's a little bit safer, um, better organization and all around just better for hauling around that Chromebook. So look for a book bag that has that as well. And then I'm a really big fan of the book bags that has the USB port on them. Now, I know a lot of you may not be aware of that. Some of you are, but there are book bags now that have USB ports built into them. Now, why would you want a USB port built into it? Because most times on the inside of that bag, There is a built-in USB cable that you can plug into or attach a battery backup to and keep it tucked and secured inside of their backpack. And the USB port that's on the outside of the book bag can be used to plug an additional charging cable into. So your child now has the ability to all the time charge their wireless device or their Chromebook and keep it powered so that they don't have to worry about running out of battery in the middle of the school day or so that you, the parent, don't have to worry that their device isn't going to be charged in the most crucial of moments. I hate to take it there, but yeah, sometimes you have to consider those things. Which brings me to my last item that should definitely be included in the back-to-school tech. Battery backups. These things are so crucial and so important. As I just mentioned, they are small, most times able to slip down into a small pouch of the book bag. uh, And it's useful to help keep their devices, their electronics charged. Again, whether it be the AirPods or the Galaxy Buds or the Pixel Buds, or if it's their smartphone, some battery backups are powerful enough to charge multiple devices at once that'll help keep your kid going throughout the day, keep them from bumming their friend's charger, or even better yet, um, having their friends borrow their cables or anything like that. They can just attach a USB cable to their bag, plug a device in, and they're good to go. Keeps everything all in one place, right? Which is what you worry about as a parent. You don't want all, all of your kids' devices spread across um, you know, different locations. So consider upgrading the book bag tech specifically. Um, get something that has those pouches, get something that has the, the room for the battery backup in there, grab them that battery backup that again, worth its weight in gold. Another thing that I just recently discovered, uh, in terms of tech for back to school. And I don't know if we would really consider this a tech 
item or not. Um, but there's, there's these things called smart notepads now. And how it works is it, it is it looks like a regular notebook that they can jot down notes and things like that. But the pages themselves actually have a small little QR code in the lower right hand corner. And after they finish completely filling out the page with their handwritten notes and things like that, they can actually take their device, phone or tablet, and they can scan the QR code which will then scan that page into a digital file on their device forum. So worst case scenario, if that notebook gets ruined or, you know, the old spaghetti stain on the homework thing starts to happen after they complete writing on that sheet of paper, they can scan that QR code and it'll upload a digital copy of that document into a digital folder, into a digital file for the kids. I thought that was pretty cool. Like, if things like that existed when I was little, I, A, would probably have gotten into much more trouble <laughs> than, than I normally did. Uh, and, B, I would I would probably be a lot better off because it, I find it, you know, it seems like at least that would be harder for you to lose your assignments that way if you got, like, a digital stack of them. And, of course, in today's day and age, after COVID ran through and kind of ravaged everything and changed how students and teachers interact specifically, I think that's a brilliant idea to be able to have something digitally that you can upload or email to your teacher or even to your professor for that matter for, you know, additional eyes on or, or somebody helping you look at it. I think that's a really, really cool thing. And and yes, I did buy one for um, for my son. And I don't know if I don't know if he's used it just yet, but I know personally, I see the novelty, I see the value in it. I think it would be something that would be super, super cool. And again, I wish those things existed when I was younger. Hey, I don't want to ramble too much about the back to school tech, but I think those three things specifically are definitely things that you should take a peek at upgrading for your child this school year. And if you need a really quick recap, book bags that have sectioned off departments for their small tech as well as their larger tech, Chromebooks, tablets, things like that. In that same book bag, look for the ones that have the USB port on the inside that will allow you to carry a battery backup inside of the book bag so they never have to take it out. You never have to worry about losing it. Battery backups. Very good for keeping mobile devices and tablets and Chromebooks charged in a pinch. If they run out of juice or if they are running out of juice, they can simply plug in on the go. The battery backups are rechargeable. You can usually do that once a week if need be. Uh, again, it just helps keeps your kids electronics charged to avoid any sort of emergency situations where, uh, you know, God forbid if they do get in trouble or anything like that and need to make a phone call, battery life is the last thing that they have to worry about. I think those are, are pretty solid additions to the tech family. So what's in a brand? What's in an OS? We live in a day and age now where it seems like mobile device, smartphone, tablet, or otherwise, those users are often being told to pick a side. And the side that they have to choose is green bubble or blue bubble. I know a lot of you just hearing that 
got a little triggered because it may be echoing a discussion that you may have recently had with a friend or family member or co-worker who feels that it is wildly inconvenient that you are the only green bubble in the group chat. I, for one, used to really, really push back on this. In full disclosure, I'm an Android user. I have used an iPhone several times over. In fact, I've used almost every iPhone that's ever existed. I currently still use an iPad and a MacBook. But for my phone... I choose the Pixel brand. It works for me. It has what I am looking for in a device, in an ecosystem, in features and functionality. And it is the absolute best mobile device for me. And that's one thing that I want to kind of talk about right now because we are coming up on that time of year where we're going to be subjected to new iPhones in new pixels because apple has announced their iphone event is taking place on september 12th which will be the day after this episode drops so you'll have a lot of things to consider fresh takes in your mind if you will and then google will follow up with their pixel event the very next month um october 4th and after those events usually happen we typically see an entire swath of people kind of flock towards the iPhone because it's the new hotness. You see a very small contingent of people flock away or move away from the iPhone just to try something different. And then you see those that are, you know, Android or Pixel faithful who will upgrade to the latest Pixel after keeping their existing Pixel for a couple years. And there's very few people who are like myself that usually get the new Pixel devices every single year. There's very few of us out there, but we do exist. But for those that are generally flocking towards the new iPhone, they bring with them this air of... There's a little bit of of elitism there. They are holier than thou because they use an iPhone. And I want to unpack that really quick. I want to discuss that. Because we seem to get lost in the sauce, so to speak, in the applesauce. And we tend to forget that the best phone, the best smartphone, the best gadget or best device is subjective. There is no objectively clear winner when it comes to the best phone. Because ironically enough, you could put the iPhone next to a Pixel or next to a Galaxy phone, and it could beat that Pixel or Galaxy device in every single metric, in performance, in camera quality, in battery life. And I would be, not because of bias, But I would be more likely to still choose the Pixel or the Galaxy device because those things that you are saying on paper makes the iPhone the absolute best device out there. And this works both ways, by the way. But those things that are on the paper that makes the iPhone the absolute best device may not matter to me. But so often when you talk to an Apple user, iPhone user specifically... That is the argument that is presented. This phone is the best because it checks all of these very subjective boxes. You have to get an iPhone because your chat bubble is green. 
And we don't like seeing green bubbles in our chats because we can't send you high quality pictures. I can't tell you how many times my friends would go back at me and say, Rob, you, you, <laughs> you got to step it up, man. You got to get an iPhone. Like, I don't know what kind of trash Android phone you're using, but every time you send a video, it's garbled, it's mangled. It looks like video back in, in the dial-up days. Like, it's still buffering. And rather than cave to the immense pressure that was being thrust upon me by my friends, I offered a solution, a compromise, if you will. And that compromise was, okay, so rather than me uproot my entire ecosystem and get rid of a device that I am truly enjoying, why don't you guys try this? Let's download an app called Telegram. It's very simple for you to get an account registered, very simple for you to log into, and I will show you why what you are feeling with the iPhone is merely a consequence of the ecosystem that you are using. And we use Telegram, and we still use Telegram to this day. This was not like a one-off thing. And in fact, they have since switched a good chunk of their existing iMessage group chats from iMessage over in the Telegram. But what we have done is we discovered that outside of iMessage, those issues simply do not exist. So I can send my friends high-quality photos and high-quality videos on Telegram with zero issue. They get read receipts. They get delivered receipts. We can share stickers with each other. Videos come across rapidly. We can share voice notes. We can even set our messages to self-destruct if we want to. And these are all things, in this group chat specifically, there's four of us. I call them my core four. <laughs> A lot of those features that exist inside of Telegram, they had no idea even existed. And to take it a step further, a lot of the features that exist in iMessage are not Apple originals. Those are things that Apple has seen become popular outside of their iMessage world, things that originated from apps like Signal or apps like WhatsApp or apps like Telegram. And they simply make their version of them and integrate them into iMessage. But those who are the Apple faithful have no idea that those types of apps even exist because Apple has gotten so incredibly good at marketing their ecosystem as if it is superior based on the fact that they lock their users in and based on the fact that they make it astronomically more difficult for any other OSs to work within that ecosystem. So again, I ask, what's in an OS? Why do Apple users swear by Apple in their ecosystem? Well, looking at things objectively, I will tell you why. Apple products just work. The ease of use in an Apple device, iPad or iPhone, is top-notch, second to none. Their apps are tailor-made based on what type of device you're looking at. So you could have Facebook on your iPhone and you could have Facebook on your iPad. And it will not only work very, very well, but you're going to get the same version of that app 
across two different types of devices, but there will be very small tweaks that let you know this app is made specifically for the device that you're looking at. iMessage is fantastic. It is a great messaging system. And in fact, it has become the de facto messaging standard here in the U.S. After the release of the iPhone 15, I would imagine that Apple will usurp Samsung's position as the number one smartphone manufacturer in the U.S., which is no small feat. And to take it a step further, Apple is inching closer and closer to becoming the number one smartphone manufacturer in the world. Apple has gotten stellar at creating solutions for problems that don't exist. You know, say that again. I'll let you think about what I just said. Apple has gotten really good at creating solutions for problems that don't exist. And what I mean by that is their marketing team, their their R&D team, their design engineers will tweak the smallest thing about their phones and they will talk about it in such a way that makes you think that if you do not have it, you are missing out or you cannot have it, which is the complete opposite of how Android operates specifically. Android users are typically more interested in the nuts and bolts of the phone. How can I customize this to make it right fit to me? Ecosystem to an Android user is important, but absolutely not a deal breaker. In fact, most times Android users don't commit to a singular ecosystem because of the sheer amount of variety that's out there. What do Android users care about? Lots of things. Again, customization is key. Being able to make your phone fit your usage patterns and your usage styles exactly how you want them to. So being able to take a widget on your home screen and resize it, increase the size of it or decrease the size of it, that is a feature or function that is not available on the iPhone. You can also place an icon on your Android device virtually anywhere on the home screen. Whereas on the iPhone, it has to fit just so in a designated space within the grid. You can't just free float icons. They have to be in line in order. Notifications are still a little weird on iOS. And one of the things that Android constantly gets praised about is its notification system. So what Android has gotten really, really good about is the actual user experience, allowing you again to customize and tweak your phone to the exact specifications that you want it to be. Now, on top of that, if you get tired of staring at the same old slab of aluminum and glass or ceramic and glass, Android devices also come in a ton of variety and a ton of different flavors. So you can go with the standard boring old Pixel 7, Pixel 7 Pro. Or if you want to do something a little different, there's a Pixel Fold, foldable device. Works like a little passport almost. Samsung has the same thing in the Z Fold, but it also goes vertical with the Z Flip. There are phones, Android devices that are geared specifically towards gaming. If that's your bag, if you don't care about the camera, you just want something that has an insanely big battery, a great screen, and something that's going to stand up to your gaming, Android makes devices for that. 
So I think the the debate overall on what is the best smartphone, that's going to rage on forever and ever and ever. And while I'm not here to lecture anybody, and while I'm not here to guide you or try to convert you, the biggest thing that I say is this. Before you point somebody in a direction, take a deep breath (laughs) and try to get to know a little bit more about what they plan on using their phone for or their tablet. Share with them your experience, of course, why you love your device, but don't present it as if that is the reason they should have one because your experience oftentimes won't be theirs. And what is best for you may not be what's best for them. All right, guys, that's it. That's this week's episode. Got you some back to school tech recommendations. We broke down the Apple versus Android discussion. Don't forget Apple event September 12th. I believe that is a Tuesday The um, Pixel event is October 4th, which I believe is a Thursday. Make sure you tune in, get all the info that you need, and make a well-informed decision on what type of device you're going to get if you're looking to upgrade. And if you can't choose personally, I encourage you to reach out to me on the socials at Robbie Diesel virtually everywhere. I will quiz you to death on what you like and what you want, what you think you need in a phone. And I'll make sure to give you an ironclad recommendation that you just cannot beat. Also, make sure you're following the brand uh, at the Curated Culture on Facebook and Instagram at underscore Curated Culture on X. Jump on over to YouTube, subscribe there, youtube.com slash Robbie Diesel, twitch.tv slash Robbie Diesel. I've been playing a wonderful game called The Expanse over there. It is uh, the return of Telltale Games. If you know anything about them, you know they know how to tell a tale. I've been having a ball playing it. I would love if you checked it out as well. Also, make sure if you're hearing the sound of my silky smooth, velvety voice that you have subscribed to this podcast that way you don't miss an episode when i upload each and every monday and uh i think that's it man i'm gonna go regroup i'm gonna go watch some more football and uh i'm gonna hope that you guys enjoy the rest of your monday or whenever you happen to be listening to this thank you so very much for checking this episode out I, again, am your gracious, humble host, Rob, a.k.a. Robbie Diesel, and I will catch y'all on the next one. Peace.